0: Okay, Wurtho, we've got a, an unplanned episode. We we sat back and we watched the Boomers uh, be eliminated from the World Cup last night. They lost to Slovenia. We we thought we'd be saying we beat Luka Doncic and his teammates, but it was Slovenia,
1: the team, that outplayed the Boomers. How'd you see it? It felt like a, a year of frustration bottled, bottled up by Slovenia and um, the game plan to make uh make anyone else beat us but Luca. Um, they, they got a lot of open shots and they got a lot of open looks and I don't think our defense was good enough. I I talked about how I thought the boomers defense could look when you've got a Josh Green and Matisse Steible, Xavier Cooks and all that um in in the uh, the lead up games. Uh, but there was just something lacking this preparation there was just something lacking about this team and where they were defensively and that got exposed last night when you when you have a guy and granted Luca had this the lowest amount of points he's had all tournament Luca had the most amount of turnovers he's had this tournament um, but what they were able to do was stretch the floor play a four on three style of basketball and at a world World Cup level, uh you can't afford to do that. <laughs> um because the the players are there for a reason and I felt like um every time that they needed to make the big shot, they did very similar to what we did twelve months ago. And every time that we needed to make the big shot, we fell a bit short on it. You talk about what we'll
0: we lacking. Clearly, we identified early on, and we spoke about it previously, we were lacking height, uh, especially when well, especially when Jock Landau went down. But even with Jock in the team, we, we lacked size. But we also lacked perimeter shooting. And probably the thing that really stood out the more and more I watched it, and it wasn't just this game, it was through the tournament, was how many open looks Joe Ingles turned down to pass to a shooter that may have been slightly more open, but in my scout, I would have identified that teammate as a lower percentage shooter than Joe. How did you
1: evaluate Joe's tournament? I've had a lot of thought about this since the end of the game. Um, And I've seen a lot of commentary, you know, Joe's not going to be there next year. I think the injury to Jock severely hampered Joe's campaign. And the reason I say that is when Joe's been at Utah, when Joe's been at Milwaukee last year, he's part of that second team unit where he gets people into pick and rolls. He's he's playing off the pick and rolls and he's crafty with that. And the way that Joe finds his way into a game is with the ball through his hands. He's a very unselfish player, but he makes great decisions. The injury to Jock is we went small ball and Joe was playing more of a four man now, setting screens. And so his level of comfort that he probably had on the court uh, wasn't quite there. And um, for some athletes, not all, but some athletes like the known of what's going to happen and their role and how it's going to be played out. I'm assuming that for Joe, and this is purely based off assumption, this is not talking to players, this is not talking to anyone else, but I would have assumed that Joe could have been part of that group in that second second group where the ball was gonna go through him to be able to facilitate more and free up other people. Um, and so I don't blame Joe for probably having a lack of confidence. I, I blame the situation. In where, yes, he he should have shot a lot more. I'd wanted him to shoot a lot more than what he did, but I felt uh, his role within the team got changed severely on the eve of the World Cup, and um, I don't think he quite was able to wrap his head around playing in that that four uh, the four spot in the as the power forward as, so to speak. It's interesting
0: you mention that because for those who know basketball reasonably well, the foreman really find, rarely finds himself in the corner as the last recipient for that corner three um, and the passes Joe was or the play phases where Joe was making the extra pass he was making it from the wing and from that trail spot to the corner more often than not, which is probably the spot he would have usually filled. So I know it doesn't sound like much, but he was in unfamiliar floor spacing for what he's – unfamiliar spaces on the floor, spots on the floor to, to what he's accustomed to. Um, Matisse Thibel, Um I don't think anyone would argue that he was a little bit disappointing through this whole preparation. And maybe it was as a consequence, as we mentioned about the Boomers as a whole last episode, that he he probably suffered by comparison. There was so much energy about the new guy coming in and Matisse doing such a great job. And even when we beat Slovenia for bronze, we didn't bail out. The defender, which was usually Matisse, who was guarding Luca as often. Um, you mentioned we gave up a lot of four and three opportunities this time. You know, I, I won't question Gorge and, and the theory and the tactics, but I, I, I was surprised we didn't guard Luca straight up a little I bit more with Matisse with you and as with As far as Green. that
1: tactic goes, for me, um, I think the thing in the back of my mind with this um, and. Obviously, 12 months ago, it worked with Matisse. Uh, this time around, it didn't work with Matisse. Um, the one thing that I thought about was how many guys on the Boomers team have actually been the guy for their team when it comes to a season? Like, Paddy Patty has been the guy for the Boomers for the better part of a decade now. Uh, Chris Golding is the guy for Melbourne United. Um, you could argue Xavier Cooks has been the guy the last two seasons with Sydney. But we're just talking and not NBA. And this is what I'm getting to. Like against. there, were, we we didn't have our guy to be able to do it, and the only other person that I could think about, and yes, it's still NBL, but what happened if BA? would have backed Bryce Cotton. That's,
0: um, you know what, that was my very next question. You know, even in a vacuum, if if Bryce is Australian, given mm-hmm. how similar Josh Green is to Matisse, do you roll with Bryce <laughs> over Matisse just for balance and team and perimeter threat? And, and I'll, I'll be the first to not put my hand up. Scorer.
1: And when I say it, it sounds shitty because I know how much Matisse meant to us winning a bronze medal 12 months ago, like... There, there is value there. I I understand it. The growth of Josh Green might have outgrown Matisse Theigle in this period. Uh, going back to your initial question, yeah. uh, I'm surprised that we didn't trust... I don't know if trust is the right word, but go more on the one-on-one coverage with Matisse and with Josh on Luca, And you know what? Um... If you're a Dallas Mavericks fan, I I think the biggest gripe of the Mavericks is that there doesn't seem to be any flow from the rest of the teammates because Luca's so ball dominant. And if he's the one guy that's going to beat you, you shake his hand at the end of the game and you know that he's had to put up a 40-point performance to get it done. The last thing you want to do is not only Luca feeling good because he's like, all right, I'm just going to stretch the floor and make two people come at me and then let the teammates, but then once you get the other guys into the game and they start feeling good, you noticed at the end of the game, um, the one, the the minute sequence for me that sort of encapsulated where this game was gonna go, uh, about the nine minute mark, Josh Green gets a good look from the corner, doesn't knock it down. They come down, knock down a three and it was contested, but they felt good about themselves. I think two possessions later, Josh Green had a three in in the opposite corner, missed it. Uh, They go down, they knock down another three, and it it was all over at that point. It was the difference between a player feeling good about themselves because they have gotten to a rhythm during the game versus Australia that felt like their offense was forced, especially in the second half.
0: And it's interesting when you speak to people you watch the games with, and people who comment to you that you come across, so the idea that Josh Green is a really good shooter. If you rewind 12 months, they played, the opposition teams played Josh like Matisse, where they just dared him to shoot the ball. And let's give Josh a lot of credit. He has absolutely improved his jump shot, he's worked on it like crazy, where it's probably not a weakness, but it's not a strength. And it's not a natural free-flowing, you know, it, it's not like what Andrew Gaze used to be. It, it's not like what Joe Ingalls in his prime. Yeah, you know, it's, you don't just feel that when he's open, that's money. Um, it's almost a fabricated, very good jump shooter over the last 12 months. And I think we just needed that natural scorer waiting in the corner. Then, uh, yeah, we, we needed that position as much as we needed height. Um Made any other thoughts on the game itself before we talk about the tournament as a yeah, whole?
1: No, no, I've got one. one Actually, I do have point. a question for you. Um, I would have challenged Luca's charge for the fifth. Like, that yeah, is, would have too. You, You're already pushing shit uphill as far as you've been behind around that 9 to 11 point mark the entire game. The opportunity to try like, what was there to lose at that stage um, I think there's the, the challenge system has become unique because every coach is a little bit different a lot of coaches like to holster it for the end of the game to see if it's a, a one position um, I think in a moment like that that was the ideal opportunity to put the challenge on to see, I don't know if your thoughts was it would have been overturned had they got it. I thought Paddy made pretty good position. Hey, but, but, but risk versus reward. But risk versus reward.
0: Oh, the reward was. You know what? It's interesting. You, you talk about saving things for the end of games, and one of the things I, I learned in Europe is that well, here in Australia we have that tendency. As soon as our players get inverted commas, in foul trouble, they sit and they wait and they wait and they wait, hoping that they're still in the game and hoping we don't get blown out. Where the European model, and we saw it last night. Even in the first half, Lukey came on for the last two minutes with three fouls. The European model, and I like it, is he's our best player by a mile. We're going to get every possible minute out of him, whether it's now. Or at the end. If he fouls out, we got maximum minutes out of him. If we put him in with four minutes to go at the end, we may have missed the boat. So, you know, you talk about great coaching and, and decisions. That that would have looked horrible if Luke had had fouled out in the third quarter. He would have been absolutely criticized, but you see how fine a knife's edge we walk. Um,
1: I think it's all done. He looks like a genius now. Player. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you can have trust in that, this is very true. Make that dumb, dumb foul. Paddy did a great job to sucker him in for that fourth foul, um, but uh, it's almost like our offense almost revolved around us trying to get him into a, a pick and roll. Um, but their team defense was very, very good on the night. I'll give credit where credit is due. Slovenia's team defense was outstanding. I agree. Um,
0: A lot's been spoken about before we get off the boomers. A lot's been spoken about the boomers culture and it's been in the press. It's been promoted through BA. It's been promoted corporately. Um, You know, I had a conversation about another team where it seemed like they got to a stage where the idea of the culture almost overtook the importance of the on court. I'm not suggesting that, happened with the boomers but so much was made of the culture it almost felt that there was a pressure to beat um I, I i'm fascinated to see once the dust settles on this tournament if gold vibes only looks exactly the same coming out of the tournament if gold vibes only looks the same in the game in, in the remaining two games um, or the remaining game for the World Cup. Did, did, did you have any thoughts about Boomers culture as we went through? I don't the World know Cup?
1: about Boomers culture. It's funny. Like I'm, I'm sitting on the couch last night. Um, Dana and I are watching the game, and she can see that I'm clearly brooding over this game. And the longer it goes on, the angrier I'm getting. And um, I think the best way to sum up being a boomer is it's not like following your regular sports team. It's not like you being a Western Bulldog supporter, um, Chris. It's not like me supporting the football team. It is is something else. You sort of ride the highs and the lows of the boomers still as if you're still involved in that, that camp. And I guess that has something to say that at least from a culture standpoint, the boomers still make me want to invest in the boomers as a past player. Um, Yeah. I was gutted last night. I was devastated um, because I know those moments, it's a fine line between failure and success. And for a lot of the Australian public, they'll look at this as a failure. Um, off the back of the expectations of what we did twelve months ago, uh, I think you rightfully pointed out when we talked to Sam. Like, we can easily be a medal contender, but we can easily fall, uh, like we did. And-, and 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 that and and
0: what we said, and if you didn't hear the clip, it's on all of our socials. Um, my comment, and I said how strong I was on it, is that we can play really well in medal. Or we could play really well and finish fifth through eighth. What we didn't mention last episode is that if we don't play really well, like many other countries, we're really beatable. And we've just learned that. We lost to Germany, uh, we lost to Slovenia, and we've got a couple more battles to go. And, and we've seen, you know, we saw Canada, who I, I know traditionally they're not a powerhouse, but you look at their roster. Lose to lose to Brazil, who who we actually lost to as well. So nobody talks about Brazil. We we saw what happened with France; they're, they're not quite on their game, and they get bundled out in the very first round in pool stage. It, it doesn't take you being far off your best, no matter what nation in the world you are, maybe outside of the United States, to be yeah. really really. I, I guess going in the back world to your Cup point, games. is
1: What's the culture piece? I don't know where it goes from here. That's, as you know, that's sort of the inner sanctum sort of stuff that, you know, we were once part of, but now we watch from the outside like the rest of Australia does with the Boomers. Um, I hope that they continue on building, especially with the younger team, that some of these traditions carry forth going forward. Um, but all I can tell you is the Boomers culture has still made me want to commit to the boomers and believe in the boomers and feel like I'm part of the boomers still yeah. regardless if I'm on the court back in the day or if I'm sitting on my couch now watching them I still feel the same and as
0: we look forward to the Olympic games which we've qualified for next year um Gorge indicated, and you you'll, I think you'll comment on his comments, that there may be even more change to the roster. Now, Ben Simmons has again said he would want to be available. Who knows what that looks like? We've mentioned Joe. We've mentioned Matisse. Um, you know, Chris Golding, Gorge didn't find, or the entire coaching staff, we should say, didn't find a significant minute for Chris Golding. Very few significant minutes for Dyson Daniels. Uh, now, Dyson's clearly the opposite end of his career to, to Chris. Um, but even with Dyson, you know, we mentioned Tyrese Proctor at the end of last, of the last episode. In all likelihood, he'll be a lottery pick next year. With two years of that guard experience, that real crafty, he may very well come into the picture Um, do we go back to the future a little bit and understand that we needed a big body and the only one we've got is Aaron Baines.
1: Um, We've got a young kid in Brisbane.
0: Who else have we got? Sorry, but I'm talking big physical body. I know Rocco, you're talking about Rocco, I assume. And I think he's every chance. I, I do, but I still think we need the physical one. Um, but, but he'll absolutely make a case because and because he's different. You know, he's that shot blocking, but, you know, how young is too young? That, that, that's the other piece of this. And as I look at what other teams are doing, you know, we actually compared to most nations had as close to a full strength team as we could have put on the floor, as close to. No jock. And let's say no Simmons, but he's never been there. But Team USA, there's a lot of talk when this one's done. Curry's available, LeBron's available, Tatum's available. There's every talk from the people I've spoken to, or there's every indication that the USA send the best team they've sent to Olympic Games in a lot of years to next year. Uh, You know, Giannis plays for Greece, Jokic plays for Serbia, Murray plays, or Murray and Wiggins play for Canada. When Banyama gets added to France, Sabonis, Pazingis gets added to Latvia, who create who have upset a couple of teams, to go back to the to the conversation, the rest of the world's getting improving really, really fast. And oh, oh, it's if, gonna be tough. If
1: all those names are there, it'll be super tough. Um I...
0: But but we could say the same yeah. if Patty's there. What, I mean, what if Patty gets injured? Can you imagine this yeah, Boomers we, team without Patty?
1: We lack scoring. We we lack shooting at times. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna reverse it up a little bit because I had another thought about this campaign versus previous campaigns. I think what we've come to appreciate with the Boomers is ball movement and like allowing Paddy to get open shots off, great ball movement, great player movement. I didn't feel like this tournament had it. I felt like it was a lot more dribble, a lot more sticking in the hands, especially the second half. We were just dribbling into the tall timber without really a game plan. The game plan was, Josh, we we want you to score. That was the game plan of giddy penetration. And what we had seen previously is great ball movement and great team play to be able, allow us to get the open shots and getting the right people the right shots in the right spots even in last night's game i felt like there was opportunities where we finally got some ball movement but then it was the wrong person at the end of the the uh the play to make the right shot that we needed at the time um and so for me the pieces you add in in and out if we can upgrade awesome Um, Like you said, if Ben Simmons isn't there again, you know, we we play on. But what I'd like to see is to get back into that ball movement again and player movement again to be able to put ourselves in the right positions and play a a better brand of team basketball uh, at the Olympics.
0: The one guy I thought was really good through the tournament, struggled a bit against Slovenia, which may be indicative of Xavier Cooks. I think he really settled into his role and for me was... I thought thought he was our our best pick
1: Um, for the tournament. Um, Nick Kaye seemed a step off it compared to what we saw 12 months ago. And Granted, he's just had his first child just leading into the World Cup and I know that can be a, a unique headspace to be in. Um, but he seemed a step off it. I didn't think we played do Wreath as much as what we should have. You know, there was, the, you know, I thought he was solid in his minutes and, and maybe he was missing something that we didn't know about or a rot- rotation where he, he, I just didn't think he had a very long lead in this tournament. Um, and so he, he didn't have a great tournament. Uh, I didn't think Nick Kay had a great tournament. He still did all the, the the good Nick Kay stuff that we know of the offensive rebounds, the extra passes, the the screens that he does. Like that's great, but uh, Xavier was definitely our big best big of the tournament.
0: Is Luka Doncic the best player in the world? At both international basketball and FIBA basketball, I would if argue the that Giannis
1: together. would probably be all right, and I would argue that Jokic would be all right if he was, if they were both there. I'd argue that they'd both be better than Luca, but obviously Luca, similar to what Patty has done over the past little bit, has taken a a, um, a huge scoring load there. I think Giannis. And Jokic, the, the thing that makes them unique is their ability to bring everyone into play while still doing what they do. Um, but at this current World Cup, there's no doubt that Luka is the best player at the tournament.
0: How far off Luka is Shea Gildas-Alexander <clears throat> again, FIBA and the NBA? Because he was someone, and to preface it really quickly, that when we ran our tours last year and saw him in person a number of times with Josh, he was the absolute standout. You don't realise how good he is. And this was kind of before people outside the NBA realised. Um, I, I just think he, the, the way he plays, even in this tournament, I know they lost their last game, translates really well to international as well. And Jamal Murray being hurt, really, you know, Canada handed him the reins and said, go and be mm-hmm. a Luca type
1: or play a Luca type role he's very, very good for this team. Um, I don't think he's at the level of Luca just yet, but he's not that far off. We
0: can't leave this one without sharing some comments on the USA. And they've they've spluttered their way through the, the pre tournament games uh they're trying to figure out roles they're figuring out rotations um but for, when they were challenged significantly for the first time against Montenegro they were able to put the ball in Anthony Edwards hands and say go and score and that is what he did and when you have a player whoever it is Shay Luca uh, Anthony Edwards that has that mentality and ability to score it it just makes everybody else around him so much more effective. So when it really mattered, the USA, and they've spoken about it, knew who they were going to, and the other guys fell in the line. So that may have very well been the game where the USA figured it out. They That was almost their inverted commas loss. And I wouldn't be overly surprised to see them clicking into another year. For, I think they'll improve for the rest of this tournament. I
1: hope not. <laughs> uh, any, is like anyone right. but USA, well, right. um, yeah, they've, they've definitely had their struggles this tournament. They haven't looked as clean as what we had thought. The, the team on paper, when you have a Josh Hart, a Jalen Brunson, and Austin Reeves, like, you look at them like they're, they're solid NBA players that actually make sense in the FIBA game as well. But they just hadn't quite gotten going yet. Um, but I think we're all expecting Anthony Edwards to. I've, he's had a slow start to the tournament. Let's let's call a spade a spade. He's had a slow start to the tournament. We always thought that he'd be the guy for them. And I watched the the last game against Montenegro, and it was it was just getting a side pick and roll and let him go to work essentially. Um, I, I think there's a few other teams that are probably playing a bit better basketball at the moment. Um, and so they would need to click into another gear for them to win a gold medal because that's, that's all that they care about is gold. Um, I would suggest that they're not quite on gold medal pace right now. And I could easily see them being beaten by someone.
0: We will watch the next couple of weeks with interest. Um, before we take off, this one's been a short one, but uh, want to take the opportunity to thank everybody who listens to this. Um, more, we're, we're getting more and more feedback, and for those of you who are regular listeners, we hope we're, we've taken. A, we, we hope that this one sounds a little bit better than some of the others. And uh, shout out to Jed, who's pushing buttons behind the scenes, and he's done a lot of work this week. To get this sounding a lot better, and we hope that this will be a lot more consistent. Thing um, we're going to be a lot more consistent the way we do this. We'll, we'll probably do one more after the World Cup. We'll take a little bit of a break, and you know, when the NBL season rolls around and, and that rolls into the NBA, we're going to get one out at least every Sunday, Monday. So you've got it on a Tuesday. So that, that'll be the plan moving into next season. Uh, we'd love you to tell people about this. We're going to keep rolling. We enjoy doing it. Uh, If you can like it, please like it. If you can do, if you can rate it, we'd love you to give us five stars. We we know we don't ask that often and maybe we should, but uh, we want to take this thing uh, and and keep it going. So thank you again to everyone listening. Thanks to Jed Wertho. Thanks as always. Thanks guys. Uh, To everybody, we'll speak to you very soon.